My name is Rachel White, and people call me the Skeptical Shaman. They say it like it's a contradiction, but it's not. For more than a decade, I've been researching and building tools for the spiritually homeless. You know, the curious but critical thinking people that, like me, have had a tough time navigating a landscape of gurus and grifters and crystal heavy people. Searching for a way to fill what Neil Gaiman called that God-shaped hole. All while, of course, not getting taken. As the host of the Skeptical Shaman podcast, I want to help us all develop a map of this confusing terrain. I'm going to talk to everybody. The curious, the skeptical, the cynical, and yes, even the true believers. Together we can safely explore the world of Wu and get closer to some meaningful existential truths. This is The Skeptical Shaman. Welcome to another episode of The Skeptical Shaman. Today, I am very, very, very pleased and honored to have a friend, collaborator, colleague, fellow woo but not woo person, Summer Sanders, on the podcast. Summer does a lot of amazing things, um, lots of different areas of expertise, and um, one specific area that we're going to talk about today, because I think it's thoroughly misunderstood, misrepresented, and underappreciated, is feng shui. So, Summer, with that, why don't you give people your little short-form bio, tell them a little bit about you and what you're up to. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Summer. I own a company in Chicago called Sabai Studio, where I do a number of things. Um, I do feng shui consultations. I do Reiki energy healing. And basically, my whole practice is focused around integrative healing. So I also do physical therapy as well. That's my primary degree that I started with. Um, but I've been working on, you know, incorporating more feng shui principles and just, you know, providing feng shui services for people over the last few years now. Uh, but I know it's something that's really changed my life and a lot of my clients' lives as well. Yeah. And it's not the stereotype, right? Because I've Correct. I've brought it up to clients and it's not something I do. I, I joke I know just enough to like fuck it up probably. <laughs> um, and I do apply it to my own life in my own way. But when I mention it to people, there's kind of like this, not quite an eye roll, but like, a, oh, I could never afford that. And there's this mm -hmm. sense of connecting it immediately with really, really expensive interior design, changing your whole house, you know, spending all this money on all this furniture or whatever, right? They have this concept of it because I think that's how it's been depicted on reality TV. Like <laughs> if a real housewife does feng shui and looks ostentatious, yeah, but there's practical ways to do it. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what feng shui is, its history, and how it actually works. I know you mentioned you just moved your living room around. And mm -hmm. those are the best kind of like human scaled stories, I'm sure, transformation that followed. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, well, feng shui originated thousands of years ago, some say over 4,000 years ago by now in China, um, in ancient Taoist beliefs and their belief in qi, which is kind of the positive energy life force. And so everything is kind of focused around balancing the qi in order to promote optimal health and, and wellness, even intellectual and mental health and wellness as well. So it's really not, it really didn't originate about strictly design. It's more about how can we be in harmony and balance internally versus externally with our environment as well. And also originally they started practicing these principles in terms of looking for good burial sites for their ancestors in terms of they wanted them to be safe, protected from all of the major elements and all the fluctuations, you know, so, so it's, 
Yeah, so there's, did not it's know. really not about just interior design. And also in terms of cost, you know, I've had a number of clients that have contacted me wanting to look into feng shui because they can sense that their home needs a revamp or things need to be shifted. But yet, you know, the cost of interior design alone can be way more exorbitant because then you definitely usually are looking into changing furniture items, yeah. you know, finishes, all sorts of stuff. And in feng shui, that's not always necessary. It's less about the aesthetic and more about the feeling that you get from it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's more of an intuitive experience and more of a subconscious experience rather than just how does my place look? Um, but yeah, with my personal home recently, I mean, of course, I have everything set up according to feng shui guidelines I have for ever since <laughs> I've moved into this apartment. But in the last like six to seven months, I just realized like, wow, I've been spending a lot more time on the other side of my apartment, less in my living room. And I didn't know why, because I still visually liked how it was set up. But then mirror, I, when I took the time to mirror what was going on in my life and really look at it and do a little internal assessment it's like my living room is in my wealth and prosperity corner of my bagua map right yeah. so and business wise you know i feel like i was kind of in you know over the summer kind of just like in a coasting period you know and i was just like where did all of the people go <laughs> you know like do they not want to do internal self-care stuff anymore like what's happening and then you know, it's very important to listen to your intuition with all feng shui related things. But a few weeks ago, I just suddenly got the urge to switch things around. So I did. I set up a few different little floor plans, still all viable with feng shui regulations and recommendations. But then afterwards, it just it felt so much better. And I kid you not, within a week, I had at least three or four new clients that just came out of nowhere and popped up on my schedule. And just things started getting busier again, naturally and organically, you know, but it's like for all the talk of abundance, bullshit and manifest, you know how this is the manifestation oh, yeah. doctrine, this sort of nonsense. Nobody ever seems, at least in my little cursory, like scrolling through the, the bullshit to ever connect it to your space, your chi or feng shui. Okay. And in my life, because I've known people like you who are very good at feng shui, they do this for a living. When I've asked for their help, it's totally shifted it. And even for me, if I notice I'm stagnating, because, you know, with qi in feng shui or Chinese medicine or acupuncture or any of these other things people do, you don't want the energy to stagnate. You want it moving and flowing, right? Correct. So I'll look in a room and I'm like, how long has that been there? You know, yes. so what you did was moving it around, obviously optimally, but sometimes people don't ever revisit and move or shake yes right that's like my biggest thing it's just you know stubbornness in terms of like nope i got things set up this is the way i like them i don't want to change them or like i don't you know i don't want to even consider other color alternatives whatever it may be stubbornness breeds stagnation energy flows and life changes so so should we and so should our environment along with how those changes happen you know it's Nothing in life is ever stagnant. Nothing ever should be, you know? So it's okay to change. It's okay to adapt. When it stagnates that she in your body, you get dis-ease and disease. And yes. so we sense that when it stagnates in your environment, the rest of your life, it's going to do the same thing, obviously in different ways. So you mentioned your living room is in your, uh, is it Wealth and Abundance, Bagua? Yeah, my Wealth and Prosperity. 
Thank you. Why yeah. don't you let everybody know what the Bagua map is? Because there are different schools of feng shui. One is the compass oh, yeah. method. One is Bagua. And I don't, I, I'm assuming there are others because it's a Chinese modality. Yes. And the Chinese go very, very, very deep on this. Yes. It's like with Chinese medicine. So yeah. I think a little one-on-one on that would help people understand the basic like toolkit. Definitely. Yeah. I, I practice more... Um, the, the premise that I learned was called form school feng shui. So it's definitely more based on the bagua, which is the map of your floor plan or your building. You can apply it to a landscaping. It does not just have to be your home. You can even apply it to your desk in your office if you'd like, <laughs> you know, something as small as that. But basically, one of the instructors explained this to me or in the course, and this really resonated. When we enter our home, Basically, with form school, you apply the Bagua according to where your main entrance is in your home. So wherever that primary entrance of chi or energy is into your environment, that's where you lay your career and life purpose line or gua, which is a section mm-hmm. of the Bagua. Um, and then from there, the rest of your floor plan is kind of laid out. But as imagine if you enter your home and let's say... If you were to be looking at a square, that entrance is at the bottom center of that square. So that's where you enter as you walk forward into your home. Well, every part of the grid is kind of in front of you from that starting point, right? So it's kind of set up as to how our brain interacts in the environment, right? In the back, aka where we enter but kind of flanked on our sides is our helpful people and travel section, which is... People we meet synchronistically in the world. It can also be our spiritual guides, like winged creatures. It can be our, like, be angelic beings. It can be all sorts of stuff. Um, and then also experiences that we just kind of pick up on from those people or, or perspectives, if you if you would. And then on our flanked on our left is more of our knowledge and self cultivation, which again is more internal, right? It's more of like the subconscious. What are we learning? What are we developing about ourselves? How are we tending to our internal world? Um, And then as we progress forward through our career and what I like to say also life purpose section, then we enter the center, which is more so it's about to be or it's supposed to be more so an area where there is frequent interaction, frequent movement, people passing through. Definitely not an area that you want stagnation as it's supposed to be the center of your home and it kind of connects all the other areas together and then flanked on your left and right from there to your left you have health and family right so this to me brain wise is more like in our present moment right so who do we have health and family wise or how is our health even how is that managed mm-hmm. those are the things we want to tend to there and then on our right we have creativity and children right so this is still more like things that we're tactically doing engaging with interacting with on a regular basis in daily life for the goal of our next gua section or row in front of us, which is what we're trying to attain in the external world. Mm -hmm. On our left, we have wealth and prosperity. In the center, we have fame and reputation. And then on the right, we have love and marriage or also just partnerships in the sense of it doesn't have to be marriage. It can be business partnerships as well. But that's kind of how it's set up where it's kind of like, it really is mirroring what's going on in our brain, how we interact with these different major facets of life regularly anyways, in terms of subconsciously versus consciously or internally versus externally. 
And so it's that's why it's so important to constantly kind of reassess what's going on in your life and reassess how things are mirroring mirroring your active life within your home. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So I'm in my wealth Fagua right now. That's where my office is, which was just okay. a happy accident because it's the only room that gets good natural light mm-hmm. all throughout the day, right? Right. And oddly enough, the big um, window to the backyard garden and most of the flower essence plants are right up against that window is fame and reputation. Wow. Which I always funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's worked out in my bedroom's love and romance, which is sort of ideal. It's not always like that. This one's yeah. been nice and easy. Um, but it, it's a cool map to apply to every room, then collectively all the rooms of your house. And within that structure, you know, maybe you could get into a little bit some of the main amplifiers or mitigators or colors, you know, just some high level stuff for people to think about. Because I know that the color white, you and I both have an issue with it. Yeah. Not to say the background behind me is white right now, but people, in my opinion, overuse white in our world. Everything looks really sterile. It all looks like the same West Elm catalog, the same air plant, Mm -hmm. the same white macrame wall hanging thing it's it feels lacking in life to me is how i feel about a whole white thing and there's a feng shui basis for that right yeah exactly well white is the color of sterility right so it makes us think sterile environment but also in today's day and age a lot of people view white as being associated strictly with modern or clean yeah you know and especially i feel like i've noticed way more white interiors Mm -hmm actually throughout the COVID times, we'll say, and yeah. after that. And I wonder if there's some sort of association there subconsciously. Like it's a disgust like, response to Yeah, like people pathogens. feel like it's cleaner, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I don't mind white. I do have a lot of white in my home as well, but I balance it with certain shapes, textures, materials, um, and other colors, of course. Yeah. But like white is representative of the metal, the metal element. Which metal, if you think of, it's cold, it's hard, (laughs) it's firm, (laughs) Um, but intellectual qualities, it's very mentally sharp, you know, so there are some benefits to metal, but it's just you don't want too much metal because that's when you have rigidity, stubbornness, you know, really cold emotion, you know, interactions. In your head too much. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Just like too rigid, very close-minded, very strict, very, you know. Um, so it's definitely good to balance those out. Now, if somebody has, you know, there's also yin and yang qualities to whites and, and all of the elements, right? So there mm-hmm. and yin and yang are just feminine versus masculine qualities. So like if you have a room that's primarily white with lots of natural lighting, that's going to feel like a very activating room right? (laughs) That's a yang room, right? Lots of yang qualities. And by the way, all my cabinets in here and all my um, accessories are black. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So you're, you have a lot of metal and water going on in there. And then with the flower essences, you have like those themselves are a mix of wood and water probably. Yeah. I'm not sure what table would be. Yep. Wood table. So it's just about, you have to, if you if you refuse to mix up the colors, you have to add mm-hmm. some other features if you want to create balance, right? Yeah. If you prefer to not create balance, then fine, have at it. But, you know, and going back to kind of how you picked that room for your office, you know, it's a lot of people intuitively set 
things up in the correct position for that exact reason, right? Yeah. And it's sometimes it's just the best option based on what spacing is available and the room structure, but mostly it's because the other options feel a little unsettling or they feel less good, right? And it doesn't even have to be something you can put your finger on, but it just doesn't feel as comfortable, right? So it's like, would you want to sleep in a room that has lots of lights, it's all white, and your bed is in the middle of the room? Would that feel very secure and settling? No, exactly. So most people worry that I was institutionalized or something. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, and that's, you know, kind of the exact stereotype of, you know, different mental asylums from the past. Yeah. So there is a point to that. But it's just, you know, a lot of the most important thing is what the client's view and perspective is on each item as well. Um, And in terms of like, not not hacks or cheat codes or, or simple tricks, because I don't really like that stuff. But maybe you could talk a little bit about the importance of candles or fabrics yeah. or, or plants, because those are sort of the, the movers and shakers outside Definitely. of in Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So plants can be can be really good, but they can also be very activating. Plants yeah. are considered active or positive chi usually. Now, you want to take care of your plants and make sure they're not shriveling up and, you know, not well maintained. <laughs> but uh, plants, I would say I have plants in most rooms. Bedrooms, though, is the one area that you don't want to have a lot of plants because, again, it's active energy and that is a space yeah. that you want to feel more restful, more at peace, more secure. Same goes for for the bedroom for mirrors and also water features um or and water features can be even like an image or picture of of waves of active water you know of a waterfall or something because yeah to our subconscious mind stimulates movement you know and that's what we think about right but mirrors even more so um you don't want a mirror facing your bed uh that in feng shui is believed to be like energetically inviting another being or another yeah. presence into your bed. So if you are in a relationship, you know, subconsciously. An unwelcome like, third. Exactly. He's got I, That's one of the things that I will never forget that one of my friends shared with me. And I didn't oh, have really? a mirror. I've never had a mirror in my bedroom because they're creepy at night. Like yeah, being a shaman and a psychic. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like it. And I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. And I just, it's, it's funny. I will not have a bedroom with a mirror in it it's the one hard red line with me with yeah well that's and that creepiness part too is you know there's a whole other level to it let's say you get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and you see your reflection in the mirror that can be really startling subconsciously yeah yeah ask any dog when they were a puppy about when they saw the other dog in the mirror (laughs) Gus used to try and kill it (laughs) yes exactly so yeah mirrors can be Um, useful in other ways too in terms of a lot of floor plans are missing major sections of the entire bagua as a whole yeah um especially apartments you know because that's just how they're set up but they're so let's say you're missing you know the corner of your entire grid there are ways to fill in that empty space by using mirrors on some of the surrounding walls so as to trick the visual eye into thinking you're seeing right through that wall and you're basically extending that floor plan subconsciously, right? 
Yep. Um, another way is I had a client who had a neighbor of her business that was very bothersome and would come over and complain a lot. Welcome to Chicago. Yes, caused a lot of issues for her. And so we talked about it and I talked to her about how to place a mirror in the reverse direction so that it's reflecting back at the neighbor. And so all of his evil eye is exactly. Yeah. And she after that, she was like, I haven't heard anything from them. You know, like it it just, it works. It's it very, works. yeah. And you can do that for neighbors above and below you. Let's say you have a noisy neighbor underneath your bedroom, you know, try placing a mirror face side down underneath your bed to reflect their energy back at them and just give it some time and see how things kind of change. It'll get better. It yeah. will. Um, we have a big mirror um, facing that dining table and the window and everything that I was telling you about, the fame and reputation area mm-hmm. of the house. And what I like about it is when people gather at the dining table, we had an Equinox party and there were a lot of people here, that mirror sort of, it seems to be an amplifier of joy. We don't, we're not highly extroverted, so I don't worry about it because there are people yeah. in and out of here all the time. And when they are, it's it's got this really joyful champagne bubbles kind of thing in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that brings up another important point about mirrors. If you are going to place them in your home, they should be reflecting something positive or that you would want to see double of, you yes. know? Yeah. Long story That's short. That's really don't, funny. Yeah. Don't have it reflecting, you know, like a, the back of a closet door, whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. And then candles, uh, fire and water, I know are, are big, but candles, you know, I try and be a little intentional with them. Why don't you share some ways to use them where fire's not yeah. going to get out of control? Like you don't want too much fire, just like you don't want too much metal, right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and realistically, you don't want too much of any of the any of the elements right um candles can definitely be used to boost fire element energy easily um pending i mean with candles too you can really get pretty much any shape and color (laughs) or structure of candle that you want these days you can even get you know different um candle like terrarium type things in different shapes and elements too so sometimes i'll combine all the elements into one if yeah. they really don't need a ton of fire element, but they still need a little bit of light, you can kind of dampen down the fire element by changing some of those other features. And um, why would someone need fire element? What does that do? Fire element is more activating. It's more like igniting our passion. Fire element is represented in the wealth and prosperity, fame and reputation, and love and marriage guas or portions of the bagua. So base and fire element is also like our igniting passion, you know, and it's kind of like our energy life force, right? So we need fire, but when there's too much, it can be arguments, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. arguments, (laughs) um, kind of bull in a china shop type situations, you know, kind of like that overly aggressive type person where everybody else is kind of like, ugh, Mm -hmm. you know, chill out a little bit. No, I don't know any of those people, especially not during eclipse season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, it, with all of this, I, I had a couple questions yes. um, that I've been thinking of. And one of them is sort of funny, but it's not meant to be a joke. I mean, this has been something that's always bothered me. Plastic covers on furniture <laughs> has always just bothered me because it's ugly. I don't want to sit on it, which I think is sort of the point. But also, it's like no one's living here yeah. kind of a thing. 
or like plastic covers on things or doilies and just things protecting everything. Is there anything in feng shui? I mean, I'm sure feng shui is not a fan of plastic in general, but anything about safeguarding, scotch guarding your life that's not good? Well, that exact point, you know, it's all about, again, kind of the subconscious intention as to why people are doing that, right? If they're doing it to protect everything out of a scarcity mentality of like, I don't want to ruin this because then I'll have to refinish it or whatever, you know, there are ways to go about it in protecting things in in a more of a maintenance way in which like, yeah, you're tending to your environment and you're nurturing your environment and you're being intentional about how you interact with it rather than cover everything up with a tarp essentially and basically yeah. nobody nobody touch anything, you know? It like, just always that, seemed really joyless Well, and, and how inviting is that for other people or yeah. other energy to enter your environment, you know? Like, yeah. to your point, yeah, it's not comfortable to sit on, but also if you sit, when you sit on plastic, like, it makes a noise, you know? That is not necessarily something that a stranger or a new guest to your home is like, yeah, let me get out right on that. You know, plus yeah. plastics don't absorb things, which on one hand, it's like it feels cleaner initially. But if you think about this is going to kind of get a little gross. We'll say Divi bikes in Chicago. You know, those seats are not absorptive. Think about how many random people are sitting on those seats and sweating. And, you know, it's just it's not always necessarily the cleanest option or no, the cleaner not. option. It's more so just get something that is appropriate with a material that can withstand the test of time, if you will, and some use Mm -hmm. um, and go from there. It's, you know, there's also a phrase about penny wise and dollar dumb Mm -hmm. where people want to basically take the cheap route now because they think they're saving their pennies. But realistically, if you continue to invest in the cheap route or the temporary option rather than focusing on what you actually want or the quality of something that is going to last again within your budget then you know in the long run you might end up spending actually more by going with the temporary options because you keep changing them out more well and that's a metaphor for life isn't it the way someone does one thing is how they do everything the the other question i had i read um have you read jamie barrett's book feng shui your life I mean, there's tons of books. So I'm yeah, sure I don't think I have. Um, she had a chapter in there that kind of blew my mind. And it was about mm-hmm. clutter. You know, because mm-hmm. a lot of feng shui is about not, for instance, leaving bills on your dining room table or allowing things to to collect and stagnate and mess mm-hmm. to pile up and, you know, all of that. But she wrote about electronic clutter. Ooh. And it was brilliant to me. And also, like, your what's in your purse or... Just all these things. And her metaphor was if you take a bag from the garbage can, you tie it up and you put it by the back door, but you don't take it out because you're busy. Like back to your thing about the Pennywise pound foolish, right? Mm-hmm. There's a version of like, I don't have time for that right now. I'm trying to be efficient. But you're it's the opposite efficient because every time you walk by it, your eye consciously or subconsciously is drawn to it. It's garbage and it's draining your energy. And she said, if you don't clean out your inbox of your email, it's going to drain you even if you're not looking at it all the time or the pile of of papers, it's going to drain you. And as a shaman, I'm very, very sensitive to energy drain. Like the minute that starts, I'm like highly reactive to it. Like what's draining me. So that struck me as really 
profound. And I don't know if you have thoughts or anything to add and maybe even case studies of when you've seen clutter be a problem and then the removal of clutter, whatever the form, shifting mm-hmm. a lot for people. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, clutter in that sense, even just with the trash bag example, it's like, yeah, yeah they're intended to take it out and they plan to, but it's still sitting there. It's just adding it to your mental to-do list, you know, so it's more things for you to remember. And like you said, you subconsciously are reminded every time you pass by it. So it's just... So it's costing you more than it would have had you just done it. Yeah. Well, let's put it in a corporate sense. Think about, you know, working in a business environment doesn't have to be corporate, but think about, let's say you are collaborating on a project with somebody and you delegate a task, right? And let's say yeah. you have to keep circling back with this person. How annoying and frustrating is that? To have <laughs> to continue to circle back yeah. on the same exact thing. But so why do we do it to ourselves? You know? And or, we do though. It's interesting, right? Yeah. And it's important in feng shui for every item that you need to have to have its own home, right? So for bills, you know, have a designated space that is out of sight, that is, you know, neatly kind of put away, organized, That, but still a place where you are going to remember to do it, right? Whether that be set setting a reminder for yourself even, yeah. you know, versus having it in your visual view, you know, that would be ideal. That way you can go to that area's home, tend to that task when needed, leave it there, and then move on. Right. A place for everything and everything in its place. Exactly. Right? And, you know, I like to give the example to clients like I would love to have 10 dogs, but I can't provide 10 dogs with a good home <laughs> in their right. own little space. So therefore, I should not have 10 dogs. Right. So right. that's kind of the purpose of decluttering, too. It's like, how much do you actually need? What do you actually use? Getting rid of the excess because all of that excess is something on your mental to-do list that you're going to constantly have to circle back to at one point in time to keep reassessing, oh, do I want this now? Do I want to use this now? Do I want to put it out? Do I want to get rid of it? If you don't use it, get rid of it. Release it. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting you say that because for me, I hate stuff. And the minute something isn't used by me, I really find a home for it. Like I'm yeah. my, to the point where my, I take my, I drive my husband crazy because I'm like, don't eat it. Time to throw it out. Even with like food and he's a chef. He's like, well, I like eating leftovers. Like, but you don't and you didn't. It's got to go. Like I'm a little, a little more uptight about that stuff. But um, one of the things that strikes me always about clutter, people who cling to it, because I have, I have very mild, I was diagnosed very young with OCD and it, it didn't turn into a real thing because they nipped it in the bud when I was five, is it's fear and a disbelief in the self for being able to provide for self in the future. Mm-hmm. That if you don't keep that potholder, there's going to come a time when you can't buy a potholder and mm-hmm. you're going to wish you kept it. And it's insane thinking like, you know, OCD thinking is it's not linear. It's not logical. It's all mm-hmm. scarcity based. And if I always say to myself, if my life is such a shit storm dumpster fire at that point that I can't purchase another pair of running shoes, I'm going to have bigger problems than the running shoes. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And just let it go. And the only way to receive new things, this is another a, a topic I'd love your take on. you got to create space for it. Right. So when have you seen that come up with your clients? What do you recommend for people? Because it sounds esoteric, create space. What does that mean? How do well, you do that? 
Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest example that I see reflected in clients is in terms of their love and marriage gua, in terms of people trying to invite in a new partner of some sort, um, especially in apartments where space is more cramped. Unfortunately, you can't, you do have to make space. You know, you have to make sure that you you can't be sleeping in a twin mattress expecting somebody else to be able to join you. You know, if there's no space you for them. Act as if. It's the bed yeah. version of dress for the job yeah. you want. Get exactly. a bed for the relationship you want. Yeah. I love Make that. Yeah. for them. You know, having yeah. two nightstands, um, if that is your bedroom. It's not always in your bedroom. But having pairs of items in in the love and marriage section. Um, also, you know, in my recent living room example, in my wealth and prosperity corner, just shifting some things around created a little bit more floor space. But then I also brought something that was behind my couch to work, which created more space. She needs to flow. Energy needs to flow. The more stuff you have and the more stuff you have, especially on the floor, blocks that flow. Right. So it's, you know, the floor makes me feel crazy. Yeah. It's metaphorical and literal. The whole making space, you know, <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, I've known known a few people who had really big emotional shifts because of a house renovation or a feng shui overhaul of their space. Mm-hmm. Like it, it moved a lot of old, dormant, stagnant energies in their own body, their own emotional body, and they told me about it. And it struck me because ghosts get active during renovations. Mm-hmm. They do because you're stirring right. things up a little bit. And I was like, oh, it's like we all have little ghosts, like little memories or unresolved things. How does that come up in your work? How do you deal with that? With people that's- feeling the whoosh of the chi moving? Yeah, that that can that comes up quite a bit. Um, I do recommend that people pay attention to kind of how their space is feeling. And I definitely recommend cleansing your space, either depending how long the actual like shifting takes cleansing your space with sage or however you choose to do it either during the pivots or after for that exact reason (laughs) um but yeah I went through a lot of this too when I first started getting involved in feng shui and a lot of the emotional ties to somebody's space actually can have a lot to do with even furniture items and stuff like that where it's stuff that they inherited that they feel that they should hold on to for god knows how long you know, because it belonged to my grandmother or it was originally a very nice piece of furniture. It's a quality piece of furniture, not like all of the particle board stuff now, you know, but the important thing is, do you like that piece of furniture or what does that relative who gave you that furniture make you feel, you know, like what if they were mean to you and they were horribly rude, but when they died, you inherited it. Or what if you inherited something after some tragic accident? You know, is that what you're subconsciously thinking of every time you use it, view it, walk past it, whatever it may be? You know, so it's... People hang on to breakup shit way too long. What's the deal with that? I, He's not coming back. Why do you have his shit? Well, I think it's part of, you know, kind of the the lack and like the fear of fully letting go yeah you know because then that means things are changing right it again it's i think it's not being afraid of change being open minded in terms of you know realizing that life has changes so does our envir- our environment needs to change along with it 
And therefore also the things within that environment, you know, we don't need to hold on to the things that we just don't have an association with anymore. And as, as sad as that may feel initially, usually the liberation that people feel afterwards of just kind of offloading those burdens and offloading those things that they've been holding on to, it feels a million times better because there's also the intent sometimes when holding on to breakup items of, well, one day if we get back together or, well, one day if I see them, I might need to give this back to them. And why are you babysitting? (laughs) You know? So I've heard that more than I thought I would doing the work I do. And I'm like, I've never given anybody their shit back unless it was like immediate they, they were there or they asked or I was like, it's out on the fucking curb kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, and I don't need to. I, mean, I don't need to. Maybe, like, maybe I'm this. even worse than that. I don't even house other people's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never get a foothold behind like, the, like, the gates if you don't go. let them in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's so really, really, really funny. Well, again, it's about being particular about your environment and what you allow in it and what yeah. you allow to stay in it. And I I have a home for every item in my environment. So, you know, if I were to start taking on other people's things, yeah, I need to make space for it first physically. Yeah. And I would definitely do that before cramming things in because that is not an energy you would want to bring into a relationship. Yeah, no. Where you um, feel just squeezed into wherever you fit, you know? And, and this <laughs> is, I'm, I'm thinking of a case study, a good, good friend of mine, and they're aware of this this issue. This is not news to them. This is a running joke with them. Mm-hmm. Their apartment, I am not making this up, is stacked to the ceiling. So you know how like in a lot of Chicago apartments, there's cabinets and there's some space above them. Oh, yes. And then, yeah. And, you know, just this, the container store has exploded mm-hmm. into their mall and it's it's packed. Like it's yeah. packed all the time. Mm-hmm. What is, because that's not clutter. It's just, I mean, you might consider it that, but it's it's not just mess around. It's like just stuff everywhere. Yeah. What does that do? Because I noticed every time new things came into the home, there was an argument. And it's a yeah. couple that I'm friends with. Yeah. Well, you know, also there's a, a primary concept of feng shui that even if you look at children, like everybody needs to have their own space. They need to have at least a little desktop or something where they can set a paperclip down and come back the next day and know that that paperclip has not moved. Now, when you wow. have these Maybe cramped I thought space- of this this way. Yeah, well, and like that's why as kids age, time. they're like, hey, get out of my room. It's my room, yeah. right? They want their own independence, their own space. Everybody needs it. Even as adults, we need it. So it's if you get these spaces and you're cramming them full of items, even if they are organized, there's less and less individual space for each person. And everybody feels like there's somebody breathing down their neck, you know, which can add a lot of tension. Yeah, exactly. For me, I I would feel and I don't really get like panicked. You know, I can go to an airport or a busy, you know, I just am not wired to freak out. Because I'm like, I don't live with it. I can walk out of here. And like, I found myself breathing shallowly. <laughs> I was like, yeah. almost worried things were going to fall. Yeah. just seemed pressing and, and compressing. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, pending how things are stacked, that is another big subconscious reason as to why you don't want to have large, heavy items either stacked along areas where you have to walk by or like areas where things might fall if bumped into, right? Because subconsciously that evokes a little bit of fear because you don't feel safe. Yeah. You're on edge. 
<laughs> it was there were like 30 people in the apartment for an event i was like oh my fuck well and you know, you know apartment setups can be tricky it's just if you think about you know typical chicago apartments they're long and narrow right and think about you gotta get the floor plate in man get that yeah, money well and think about okay you enter the door and usually the hallway goes straight down the center of the apartment mm -hmm. to the back view whatever that may be a wall a nice yeah. view it could be good bad ugly whatever but still, the hallway goes straight down the center, which shoots all of the energy straight through your home and out the back window. Yeah. Right? So, and then on the sides, we have these closets usually, which are not very large, you know? So it's like people are cramming whatever they can into these closets yeah. in the most organized fashion possible. Then if you think about the general big city mentality as well in terms of how people operate, they fly right through life, right? It's like they're not paying attention to the present moment. They're not taking time yeah. to meander through like, hmm, how am I feeling today? It's hustle, 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 go, go, go. Got to get to that fame and reputation and right. that wealth and prosperity, you know? And that's how the home is set up, unfortunately. So, and there are ways around that by creating, you know, either – you know, even in a hallway, like adding a low depth console table that has some nice little pictures on it or whatever it may right. be or nice things that pulls you to it and draws your eye to it to make you want to stop and say, hmm, let me look at this. You know, something that causes the energy to linger a little bit rather well, than turning to people that still uses curtains. What, do, what was the question? Um, I'm one of the few people that still uses curtains, and I did in my apartments in Chicago. And people are like, "Wait, well, you, you putting a curtain rod up?" Like, yeah, you just get a task grab a guy yeah. out. Yeah, and it's I think because someone had mentioned to me how the curtains that because I had a long, I think you were there on Randolph, long narrow yeah. apartment out to the windows, right? Mm -hmm. And curtains soften all that. And yeah. they're actually really pretty, and they also like make ceilings look higher. They do all kinds of nice things for an apartment. Yeah, I just think now in that white, uh, sterile aesthetic, it's like we don't need curtains or old timey weird stuff anymore. Yeah, it's like pe it's like people have confused um, cleanliness with just like loss of almost texture in a way. Yeah, you that's know, the word, texture. Yeah. Yeah. There's something cozy it's, about fabrics. That it is. Well, and fabrics bring most of the yin element into it, right? And yin is the softness and like our our time to kind of go inner and like do more of like the self-care healing stuff. So it's, it is more of a nurturing feeling, a nurturing vibe versus, you know, just stark windows that are either, you know, brighter than hell during the day and... Yeah. <laughs> Super dark at night, you know? And you got the goddamn Sears Tower right there looking at well, you. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's, you know, you need curtains also. Cities are very active environments where outdoor yeah. is just, it's active. You know, whether you live in a big city or a regular neighborhood, cars are driving by, there are people moving by. It's activity, you know? So ideally, usually most master bedrooms are not placed in the front of the home for that exact reason because it's not a restful place. You know, a lot of contractors yeah. already do this, but that's why. And yet when you live in an apartment, you don't, I mean, you're just in the middle of wherever your building was constructed, right? right. So you don't have always the option of like, oh, my bedroom backs up to a wooded area or, you know, something yeah. like that, 
right? So curtains can create that separation, can close off that city vibe, that active energy, and make it feel more restful. Soften it a bit. Exactly. Um, What is one thing you would recommend, and it doesn't have to be a specific thing, but maybe just a concept or a a tool that everybody listening to this can consider or implement in their lives? My main thing, and I also recommend this for Reiki clients too a lot of the times, um, is operating based on the concept of push versus pull. And that be with every item in your environment or even just what you're going to do for the day if it's non-feng shui related. But for feng shui, it's basically what do you feel magnetically drawn or pulled towards because it resonates with you or out of intrigue or curiosity or affinity for it versus what items and areas do you feel pushed to interact with out of mere obligation? Those are the things you need to change, right? Or at least change first, you know, to see how things adapt. Because a lot of times people are just, I need this because of this reason, but it's not necessarily something they want or that they'll utilize, you know, but then it's also just in regards to even pieces of furniture that we've inherited or that somebody gave us, you know, do you feel actually pushed to take it out of obligation or do you actually really enjoy it? Or even if you don't enjoy it, can you repurpose it or reupholster it or something along those lines to make it something that is your own and that you do really enjoy? I love that. And, you know, the way I refer to that, and I didn't realize it was the same thing until you described it, is I I like to check in and whether or not I'm in flow. Yeah. For me, when I'm not, when it's push, it's exponentially draining. Like oh, I will feel wiped out and it for no, for quote, no reason. Cause you know, if you look at it objectively, there's nothing that incredible about it. It's not like running in the Mojave desert or something, but you know, even too, you're, you're a business owner, certain maybe employees or clients, some of them will take 95% of your bandwidth and the other hundred take 5%. And you have to mm-hmm. look at that because yeah. that's a, that's a push. That's not a pull. Exactly. And it just means you're not in alignment. It doesn't mean they're a bad person or anything like that. It just is like, this is not highest and best use, right? Yeah. And that's- Someone else might love that duvet. Exactly. Yeah. Give it to somebody who can provide it a better home. (laughs) Yes. You know? Objects and people. Just kidding. Um, So (laughs) people also don't realize, Summer, that you can do this work remotely. I think that's another big- perceived limitation i have only ever received feng shui consults remotely so i've done things like send floor plans walk through on zoom showing Mm -hmm. people you know here's this corner here's where i'm at where do you spend the most of your time is there a light over that door you know and talking and just sort of uh brainstorming on here are some action items here are some recommendations i would make and i don't know that everybody knows you can do that so yes you guys know summer can work with you no matter where you're located Well, and the funny thing is, even if I do in-person consults, I have to video it, (laughs) you know, and take pictures. So it's the same exact thing, except you're cutting out the travel fee, you know, save time, save money. Great. You know? Yeah. But it's it's basically as long as they're, like you said, as long as I can get a floor plan that's relatively accurate, it doesn't even have to be completely accurate, but relatively, um, and then also good video footage, decent video footage. It doesn't have to be professional, but just at right. least like, 
scanning the entire perimeter of the rooms slowly so that I can go back through and rewind and reverse and look through things bit by bit. Um, I also recommend to people, you don't need to have your space cleaned, you know, in order to take these videos. It's supposed to be how you live, you know, and how you actually do interact with your environment, not, oh, I have surprise guests coming over. Let me put everything away and tidy And you're not judging them for that. No. It's supposed to be lived in. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be lived in. Um, and yeah, virtual also I've had clients that have been considering purchasing a home and they're between a few options and they're not sure what to pick. So I've even had people send over a few floor plans and I've just done, you know, kind of a, a brief overview assessment of which floor plan would be more energetically balanced and aligned and and according to feng shui. Um, and then I send them the report to kind of give them their options of where things are balanced and imbalanced. And then, you know, they pick. You mean you don't want that house at the end of the cul-de-sac that's on it, <laughs> yeah. like leaning down and all the energies. I remember, I'll never forget, I worked with someone who's a feng shui consult in corporate real estate. And our boss just bought a house. And this person said, listen, it's the end of a cul-de-sac and it's at the bottom of a slope. And that's not good. It's a lot of energy whooshing into your house. A week later, a car drove through the window. And oh the my god! It was the most literal. And and my poor yeah. coworker was like, "I didn't curse you. I swear to God, because it was just so on the nose." Yeah. She was like, "What did you do to me, witch?" And she's like, "No, no, no. It's just the energy." Yeah, <laughs> such is life. Exactly. So that's, funny. It's hilarious. Well, as you know, before we get to how everybody can contact you and follow you and get these little bits, because you do post good stuff on Instagram, but about like what element I like, I wish more content was like your content and less. Thank you. You know, I was just sitting here thinking about boundaries. Like I could go my whole life without any more of that. I'm, I'm always looking for people that have content, like depth, like there's content. There's not just... Hey, I haven't shown my goddamn face today yet, and I have to I have to like fart something out, which <laughs> seems to be the majority of uh, Instagram. We do yes. on the show. We have a, a tyrannical fascist um, sponsor, the Totem Tarot Deck, and then they yep. insist that we pull a card. You know, for you for the discussion, did you have anything that you're wondering about or wanting to get some insight into? Um, not particularly, I guess. Nothing that comes to mind immediately. Now you fixed all your stuff when you moved your room around. Yes. You're already, you're in maximum flow. Let's just see what. Well, I could, I could do some laundry folding. (laughs) That would clear up my creativity section. (laughs) Thank God I married my husband. So he sends me memes all the time of like people that get paralyzed after doing their laundry that are unable to fold it. I never fold it. He folds it. He calls me the laundry weasel because he'll find the laundry basket in the closet <laughs> clothes in it that are clean. And he and he knows I went through there to get like a sock and he's like, have you been weaseling? Like it's like a, he lives with a burrowing animal. I'm such a, and he loves folding and he's really good at it. He worked at like, you know, retail, like Gap or something. Yeah. And he like does it right. So look at the card we pulled. I can't believe it. It's the Queen of Coins, Mistress of Crystals, Freya. Oh my gosh. This card is associated with small female business owners that have a high taste level and a gift for aesthetics. And it's a card about, no joke, like how tuning your environment and creating 
an experience is a part of like the value of your brand and your business. It's almost a form of witchcraft. Yeah. It, you know, it shows up for interior decorators. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never pulled it for a feng shui person, but you know, that's so funny too. Yeah. Jewelry makers, estheticians. Yeah. Yeah, People who make their living on like the vibe because the vibe is not as shallow as it seems. No, it's not. I think, you know, social media has made it seem more shallow over the last few years with everybody just saying, ooh, hashtag good vibes everywhere. But <laughs> yeah, don't get me you know, started. There's more to it. It's not there just, is more to it's it. It's not just a trend. It's actually for the importance of your health and wellness. Mental and, and physical think, and energetic. You know, the earth grid and all these energies all around us all the time. You know, my um helpful people. Bagua area is all furniture from my late grandmother who I was close with. And it's okay. Japanese and it's it's really oh, wow. pleasing looking. And that's my energy work. Yeah. And yeah. that's also traveling, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not shallow to me. And that room no. is the opposite vibe of this room. That's why it's my office. That room you go and immediately everyone wants to take a nap. Because it's <laughs> like, oh, I'm getting help from helpful yes. people. I can take a load off, right? Exactly. It's And um, that's that's the effect that feng shui can have really you know and even people walking into my studio too it's like i can't tell you how many people have walked in and say oh it feels so good in here but it's just because it's set up appropriately and it's balanced and imagine what that would do for other people's businesses too yeah and you know just so everybody knows she can do this work for your your commercial space i'm assuming And there are ways to boost to like, you know, to discuss all of the different factors of like, how are your employee relations? How is your customer flow? You know, all of that. There are just ways to address every, every perspective. It's awesome, man. Let everybody know where they can find you. I'll obviously link to your stuff in the show notes, but not everybody looks at that. So where can they find you? How How can they work with you? Of course. Yeah. My business name is Sabai Studio, S A B A I. My website is sabaistudio.org, um, and you can read all about all of the services on there. You can book directly on there. If you'd like to book just – I do complimentary discovery calls first with people. If they'd like, they're 15 minutes, so you can book that, or we can just – you know, you can send me an email as well. My contact information is on the site. Um, I'm happy to jump on Zoom, FaceTime, whatever's easiest, really. I love it. And your space is beautiful. Every time oh, thank I see you. of it. It makes me happy because so much in the West Loop is is cold. You know, it's all oh, yeah. factory and it's, warehouse buildings and it's grown quite a bit, it. probably since you've seen pictures of it. There's just it's a little bit more cozy now, we'll say. I like that. With yeah. my peacock lamp, you know? <laughs> I love that you and so just so you guys know, the last time Summer and I talked, she was moving she got a peacock lamp <laughs> yes. for her commercial space. Yes, at Sabai. Why don't we mm-hmm. tell everybody why you popped that in this space? Because I love this story. Well, first with winter coming, I knew I needed more lighting because last winter was just it the grayness outside just really depleted my energy. So I knew yeah. this year I had to change that in my space for the sake of my health. Um, so I needed to add lighting and looking at where it would be the most beneficial. One of the areas was my fame and reputation gua. And that is fire element. I have lots of fire element features there already, but I wanted something softer, something that wasn't just another triangular shape or whatever, you know, the typical patterns are. And so I found a peacock lamp and it has a gold base 
and it has a black shade, which brings in a little bit of the water element as well and metal. But mainly peacocks represent, you know, kind of showing up in the world as your unique self, but with grace. And it can also signify, you know, wealth, abundance, prosperity, good luck, all of that stuff. All things that I would hope to invite into my reputation, my life, as well as be known for, you know, in terms of grace and being unique. So that's a simple little fix there, but it's just, I can't tell you how many people have complimented my peacock clamp already. I love it so much. My dog's named after a famous mythical peacock, Argos. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of peacock everything now. When I see it, it makes me think of, and he acts like a peacock. He's really into himself. It was just his birthday. He was indulging in it and loving. No one loves themselves more than Gus Gus. He's Aww. got high self-esteem. Thank you so much, Summer. This was so great. And feng shui, everybody needs to learn about it. Everybody needs to use it. Other parts of the world, this is this is what keeps it moving and shaking. So yes, thank definitely. you. Thank you.